Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3 pa On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that crossfire, boys. Right now, I feel like I can take on the whole Empire myself. Target maximum firepower. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Echo Base. Eric, what do we have on tap for tonight? Well, a book release has revealed George Lucas's original plans for the sequel trilogy. Uh, We have a review of the upcoming Lego holiday special. We have some other book and collectibles news and a listener sets us straight about Boba Fett, Lou. Wow. As they should. A pretty full table for us tonight. That's awesome. It is. And after a couple of weeks of having nothing. I know, I know. We, we've yeah. been scrounging for news for so long. Tonight's going to feel like we have just so much to talk about. Right. So, uh, well, let, let's get right into it. Um, this this new book that's been, it's been released in the UK. It's coming up here uh, mid-December for us in the US. Um, this is going to be the Star Wars Archives, 1999 through 2005, um, by Tashin Publishing. Okay. Um, about 600 pages. And it sounds like a good-sized tabletop, you know, um, coffee table book. Um, but this this looks pretty cool. Um, it kind of worries me, though, this first topic we're discussing here, the George Lucas's plans for the trilogy. Does it worry you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, because, you know, now that people know that, oh, this is what we really should have had. Let's get what we really wanted. Let's make, oh, let's oh make this, OK, so know, this, the fallout worried. worries you. Exactly. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. OK. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's the funny thing, too, is anytime somebody gets something and it's not what they want, all of a sudden, any other option seems better. Oh, and I, I got to say, what we've heard so far about George Lucas's vision for the sequels, I'm not that impressed. Like, there are elements of it I think are good. Um, One in particular, but I think J.J. probably had a similar vision for that. But uh, I, I don't... I, I don't know that it would have necessarily been better than what we got yeah um but well, let's like talk said, about it what, what do we well, have so i mean the first thing here is darth maul returning as as the big bad guy mm-hmm. um I, I don't know i mean what, what do you guys think about darth maul coming back as a bad guy i mean i think they had their shot with darth maul mm-hmm. and they blew it you know i mean <laughs> I mean, that, that I've said that before. I mean, my personal take on this was, hey, this was the guy you you led us to believe from the trailers that this is going to be the big bad guy, the Darth Vader equivalent. Mm-hmm. And you killed him off. I'm like, oh, OK, well, that didn't seem to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and did Lucas have any involvement in um, I know he consulted a lot on Rebels, but he I, I have to wonder, did he have anything to do with the final scene between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul in Rebels? I mean, other than the fact that him and Filoni are tight, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I think that would be whether that he was directly involved or it's just, uh, you know, maybe his thoughts permeating into Filoni's um, yeah. build, you know, if you want to call it that. Because, I mean, I'm sure they discussed his thoughts on everything, 
relating to this because he trained him how to do Star Wars. As right. He I said. mean, he was his apprentice, really. Right. Yeah. 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 There'll always be two. No more, no yeah, less. The master and the apprentice. And they got rid of the master. <laughs> so now I guess Favreau's the new apprentice. And <laughs> there you go. Pretty yeah, soon he'll off uh, Filoni and then Tim will be the apprentice. And, and you know, it'll, just the cycle will continue. Then it'll be a lot of Thrawn. Yeah, they, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, no. You know, honestly, I would have I'd, I'd rather see Thrawn than Darth Maul. I, I get the idea that Darth Maul um, was being set up to. Kind of do the underworld crime syndicate thing. And I mm-hmm. liked where they were taking yeah, that absolutely. in solo. I just I kind of yeah. have a hard time. Reconciling the the mall that we had in episode one with the mall that we had through the Clone Wars. With the mall that we were supposed to be getting as this, not just the leader of a crime syndicate, but the leader of a group of syndicates, the leader of the leaders of the syndicates, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't seem that brilliant. He, he doesn't. It seems like that's a little bit above his station. Uh, well, I mean, unless... You know, he did some soul searching when he was, you know, spider legs man and everything else. Um, spider mom. You're absolutely right, spider though. <laughs> I, I never had the impression he was, uh, you know, the sharpest tack in the box when he was yeah. in the original trilogy, uh, you know, the prequel trilogy. Um, but you grow, right? I mean, I mean, your mind expands. Sure. You, you, you learn stuff, especially when you're, you know, laid up <laughs> like he was. Um, you maybe he read a lot of books, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, you know, he, he, right. There's been a, a change in his character to go from, I'm just the, the, the dumb thug to what he became. Now, I, I mean, I guess that's a bad way. I mean, dumb thug is probably too, too simple of a thing to say. But he was because, very much an attack dog. I mean, he was a pit fighter basically. At yeah. The beginning. But I don't think any, I mean, I don't think you're going to have a, a person like Palpatine bring on just a pit bull with no mental capacity. Um, he was too smart for that. Okay, You're probably bring on true. He's got some some wherewithal to his to his thought process, right? That, that's that, a we, fair we, assumption, we but it. we never see it, though. Right? Exactly. No, no, we never see it, but that's it's a fair assumption. assumption. Would be that he wouldn't do. He wouldn't bring on somebody just a dumb, dumb, dumb thug. But to be able to take over not just one crime syndicate, but all of them. Yeah. Plus Mandalore. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of wish fulfillment to me. And, and I'm not dissing Maul. I like the character. It just like it, it seems like it's stretching it further and further and further out of a wish for him to have been better than he was. And then the way yeah. we see him in, in Rebels, it's like he's mentally... I don't want to say he's not all there, but like he, he certainly he's does not, not seem there. to be what, what's that? <clears throat> he's not all there. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be in a mental state to, to be one of the most powerful strategists in yeah. mm-hmm. the galaxy, which is what you would have to be to run multiple crime syndicates. Like you've got to be, if you're you above the huts, you're above the black sun, you're above the kanji club, you're above like and on and on and on. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Here's my thing. Our my impression of him in episode one. Wasn't so 
severe in terms of him being a dumb thug because he had what three lines in the whole movie. And I thought that that was fine. Um, they definitely, you know, took him out prematurely and maybe that was, I, I mean, George was still running things then. So maybe, you know, presumably that was his thing was, Hey, we're going to bring him back and that's going to surprise the heck out of everybody. Um, I assume that it was his plan to bring him back in, um, in the clone wars as they did. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think does tend to cause some confusion relative to movies because you're going to have people who aren't watching all that stuff. So right, right. Th- that is a, a, a little odd. And I think where Clone Wars ended up progressing for him and then where Rebels was, that was now George was no longer in charge. So they ended up taking the story presumably in a different direction because they knew the sequel trilogy was going in a different direction that they weren't going to be using mall. Right. Um, so I, I think that they could have gotten some proliferation out of them. So if they had, by the way, Tom in the chat room, um, you know, malls only half the man he used to be. Uh, uh, I love it. Oh, and by the way, hello, Spencer, long time. No see, man. How you doing? Welcome. Um, do you think that, if they hadn't got rid of Maul in Rebels, that if they brought Maul into the sequel trilogy, do you think he would have been a compelling big bad? Like, would he... It's kind of difficult to have another Palpatine. And we thought maybe Snoke was going to have been that. And we were looking forward to learning more about Snoke. And then uh, kind of got chopped in half a little bit. And then we literally get Palpatine again. Mm. Would Maul have been as impressive a villain as Palpatine, especially considering the rest of what was going to have basically been the arc for the sequels? And and we'll get to that in just a second. But thoughts on just does Maul hit the bar for what we want out of a trilogy wide villain? Yes or no? I I think that we I think that he can. We just can't compare him to Palpatine. He would be a different kind of villain. Mm-hmm. The little nuggets of explanation that we got from George in this interview, in this book, along with also really what we saw uh, at the end of the solo movie, which was obviously very, very clearly in line with this. I mean, it was certainly inspired by it even though that's not ultimately the direction that they were taking that character. He would have been very much a different kind of villain because I think he would have been this galactic threat that had, I mean, basically he owned the underworld. So it really would have been more that you think. Yeah. And I don't like, he wouldn't have been, I don't think he would have been like necessarily the hardcore Sith that Palpatine was. Right. Um, where yes, obviously he has some dark side powers. He's got the lightsaber. He has all this ability to do all this kind of stuff, but I wouldn't put him at the level of mastery that Palpatine was. I think that he would have leveraged a lot more of his underworld influence 
to do a lot of subversive things. Right. Uh, because, I mean, having the underworld, it, it's it, it, it's not like having the, the military might of the empire. He would have to do a lot of subversive things and mm-hmm. like pirate kinds of things and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, very different villain even though he had some, some, some force ability. It almost would have um, been more akin to dealing with terrorist attacks versus an all out traditional military war. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Joe, I, I think it could have been really brilliantly done. I, I, yeah, I, I can see if, you know, dispersing I, I think it's a pretty good vision. Yeah. I, I can see that Joe in the chat room said that uh, he didn't think, Maul was as strong in the force as either Vader or Palpatine. And I think that's true. Um, Rodrigo pointed out, well, I mean, he was strong enough to not die after getting chopped in half, which I mean, that's better than I could pull off. But I I think you're right though, Tim. I think if they really approached it from almost kind of a Hydra like thing, right? You chop off one arm of the underworld and Mm -hmm. more grows back to take its place. And it's just kind of hard to kill that creature because it's, it's so, you diversified chop off two legs of the underworld. Right. So, yeah, I, I guess I could kind of see that. All right. So what else do we have on this, Lou? What what else was part of the original uh, let's plan? Let's see here. The original storyline Lucas had thought up was um, that we were going to have Leia being the lead, you know, which uh, makes sense to me. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Luke being, um, you know, starting the new generation of Jedi, which I think that's probably the most, I don't know, widely accepted thought, I guess I'd say amongst all fans, because that's kind of how we thought it would be in our own minds. At least I did. And that's what we had from legends. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's where it was from legends. And that's where it's a logical conclusion to the original trilogy. Right. I mean, you know, Leia was, you know, the, the face of government and Luke was the face of Jedi. Mm -hmm. Regarding the, the, Jedi um, Academy for lack of anything else to call it. We'll go with the legends terminology for it. Right. Is that playing it safe though? It's what we are familiar with. It's what we expect. Is that kind of the easy answer? Is that the low hanging fruit? I, I think it's an easy answer, but I think it's a very good answer though. I mean, okay. I think we would have expected to see that. And I think, you know, people would have maybe expected this or been happier with it if we had seen Luke do some of the things that we had the, you know, discussions about, or at least the, the you know, the, the, the hints about of what happened mm-hmm. between him and, and um, you know, Kylo and so forth and, and where, where that went to. We know there was a him training Jedi, Right. Um, you know, w- would have liked to see him that way. I mean, I love the stories and legends of how he started the Jedi Academy. I mean, that was kind of a cool, cool trilogy. Right. I mean, finding people that were rumored to be, you know, force sensitive or talented in the force. And, and he had a test where he'd push on a certain part of their mind and know if they were or not. And I mean, that was a great story. I could see that as good- a series, though, but as a movie trilogy, there's a lot yeah to unpack there in a short period of time. Yeah, obviously they would have had to condense some of that, but yeah. I, I, I think also keep in mind, I mean, again, the, the premise of this book is a focus on the prequels. And so uh, obviously we didn't, haven't seen the whole context of, of this interview and, and the information and how it's laid out in this book. But I think a, a lot of it came from, 
George talking about what he did in episode one and then how that was how that stuff, particularly Maul, was going to then end up in the sequel trilogy. So back then he had a vision mm-hmm. for what this arc was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that well, for us to look back and say, well, gee, it's safe, it's kind of derivative of the stuff that was out there at the time, it wasn't necessarily. Um, I mean, that's where he was taking these characters. So, right. You know, I, I, I think it's totally fair for, for him to have done that. Um, I, that, that, that totally works. Now I'll say this, I've said it before. I'll say it again. As much as I did not care that much for the most of the sequel trilogy, I really liked Luke's storyline. I know I'm like one of four people on the planet. I did too. Who liked liked Luke's storyline, but I liked it. It made sense to me. I, it, would make sense that he is the type of person who would take on way too much upon himself. And then when things went badly, he would just say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do more damage than good here. I'm going to walk away. Like I can totally see that out of Luke. And I liked what they did with it. Now the rest of the, the trilogy, I think a lot of it was a mess, at least in eight and nine, but I liked, I liked the whole Luke storyline. But I, I, I get this too. Now I like Leia being kind of the one who ends up being the chosen one and, and leading the government and stuff. And you could argue that that's where Abrams was kind of going with episode nine anyway, until Carrie Fisher passed, uh, passed on. So yeah, there's a Fisher not passed of, of that there. Yeah. yeah we yeah, don't know I, how that would have played out. We would have got something close to that anyway. So I don't think that's a big mm-hmm. departure from what Lucas's original plan was and then we we had the the allegation that um or what no it wasn't even uh, a rumor it was i think straight from lucas he said in an interview that he wanted to get back into the midichlorians in a way where he was really getting into like the microbiology of Mm -hmm. of all of that and and but like that the trilogy would be about that 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 worried me yeah, yeah, it worries me in the fact that it changes the feel of the stories, right? I mean, it kind of retcons it. Well, but not even just that. I mean, you know, and I don't. Let me put it this way: I don't mind if he's into something totally different with it, but it it it's the feel of the stories that I always liked as a kid growing up, and even as a young adult that these were mythological based, right? You know, these mm-hmm. were, there was a supernatural element to it, a, a fantasy element to it. And then when you boil it down to just, yeah, this is what it is. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, somebody telling you how they do the magic, magic trick, right? It, it doesn't have any magic anymore. Right. I yeah. think people overreacted to the midichlorians thing in episode one. And I think that it's like, to uh, me, I found an easy way to reconcile it. Just given that it's basically bacteria and that it, think of it as like an antenna for the force, right? If you have a bigger antenna you have an easier way of, of mm-hmm. getting sound waves mm-hmm. in and out. And if you have a shorter antenna, you don't. And so to me, the midichlorian count was always about kind of that bacteria having a, a certain attenuation to the force that, um, you wouldn't have otherwise much in the way that in legends, the Isalamiri could like deflect the right. force. 
Mm-hmm. It was kind yeah. of the opposite. So for me, the chlor- the midichlorians never bothered me that much. But the idea of that being a me focus either. of a trilogy to me seemed a little heavy handed. See, I, I don't I mean I, I still take I, don't know, I, I take offense to I guess midichlorians because for me, it was about the feel of how everything was. And, and I didn't mind the creatures in Legends that would you know create an anti-force bubble to allow you not to because that that to me wasn't that wasn't technology. It wasn't a. Yeah. You know, a it, scientific it foil. Right. It, 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 but it wasn't a scientific explanation for what was going on. It was just mm-hmm. these creatures can stop this other magical force that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, if they went in to describe how they had some anti-midichlorians in their blood that would, you know, then it would be, okay, now you're getting into that that tech side of things that, that makes it feel less about the the story and the nature of things than it does the the actual physical science of it. Okay. But, you know, yeah, right. and some people are bothered more by that kind of stuff than others. I mean, yeah. uh, if, if if it was something he wanted to tell and, and that's a story he wanted to do, by all means, let him do his thing. I mean, that's what we want him to do, right? I mean, just because it wasn't the story we wanted. I mean, I've said that before. It's the one that we got. So we're going to enjoy yeah. the one we got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my opinion on it and, and for all the criticisms that I have, of the sequel trilogy. And I think my, my biggest criticism is just simply the disconnected story. Right. I, I think that's really the, 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 the big thing for me. And I think that's really the, the problem. It's not that we didn't get Lucas's vision. I think this could have been a good vision. What we got, we just needed yep. a cohesive vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't have I, that I cohesion. Of, yeah. I think a lot of the story elements were fantastic in the mm-hmm. sequel trilogy. I think the characters were great, all that stuff. It, it was just a very disconnected uh, story and yeah. it needed somebody so, at the I mean, wheel of the ship. Yeah. And, and that's what we got. I, I think that George's vision is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, there's different opinions on, on Darth Maul. I mean, when they first uh, resurrected Maul, if you will, in, mm-hmm. uh, in the clone wars, I thought that was really lame. And then he grew into a character better. that, yeah, that, that got better and I liked more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his story arc just kind of floundered a, a, a little bit, but obviously they would have done something different with that had he been intended truly to be in the sequel trilogy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. great idea. We didn't get it. Uh, sure, we can speculate about it and say, oh, hey, you know, it's a cool idea or it's not. Um, but we we have what we have. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So is there anything else in this book of any interest? Um, not that I have seen here. I mean, just the fact that it's coming out in December uh, for us, we can pre-order on Amazon. Um, retail price is around 200. Amazon has it down to 151. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Well, except, hmm. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a really good Christmas book, gift though. Idea. And I think Spencer was talking about in the chat room. He had the, the first one. And I guess this yeah. is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plans to get it. Apparently, I mean, I'm hearing good things about the book and, and uh, it would be a collector's item that a lot of people wouldn't have sitting around. Right. And again, right. it's a coffee table book. It, it's a larger format book and right. 600 pages a, for a coffee table book is abnormally large. It's substantial. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's a weapon. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You can you know defend yourself with that. You so, can yeah. take out Palpatine with that thing. Easy. <laughs> No, I don't think anything about taking out Palpatine is easy. Mm. It's, you know, 
All right. Okay. Um, on to the news here. We do have, uh, so last week we had a book released that you guys may have heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back uh, from a certain point of view book. Uh, Eric was probably really looking forward to this because he loved the first one so much. So some people <laughs> may have, um, may have heard a rumor that I wasn't a big fan of the first one. That rumor might have come directly from my lips emphatically and repeatedly. <laughs> um, that being said, I've read three so far. Um, not the first three in the book, but kind of jumping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And across the board, they've been better. I So far, I'm really liking this book. This book so far, at least those three stories, are what I wish the first book had been. Though, again, I've only read three so far, and there were good stories in the first book. I think yep. overall, See, and, I and wasn't I, as thrilled think, with it, but you think, see, yeah, no, not so much on this one. No, 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 no. I oh, love okay. this one. Um, okay. I, I think that it's, it's, it's in the same vein. The first one was though. I, I still don't see how you, I, I've only read three so far. Okay. I mean, so I started from the beginning cause it, it does, it does tell the book in, in the same path as the movie took. Right. So you mm-hmm. may have a little bit overlapping on some stories, but it kind of goes from front to back. Um, and I've done the first four or five, I think, out of the book so far. And uh, what, there, what you mean is the stories in the book kind of align with the timeline of the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't clear. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they're they're put together very well. I mean, some are better than I, others. Definitely, I agree. But um, it, it's it's a cool take on some of the stuff. And yeah. some of the ones I like the ones that are more closely tied to what we saw in the movies mm-hmm. that you can definitely pick up and say, hey, this is it. some of them take a little more liberty where they'll be like, this is a character who was in the background of whatever scene it was. And then he goes on to a whole different story that has nothing to do with the timeline of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. So but. here's, here's a summary an analogy of what I didn't like about the first one and why I like the second one better so far. Um, if I say, um, you know, I've, I've been working night shift and so I've had a couple of days off and I've been kind of sitting around the house moping around because, you know, quarantine plus nothing's open in the middle of the night, even if there weren't a quarantine. And even my friends online, you know, they're all in bed and wow, I can't wait to someday have a, a day job again. OK, that's not a story. That's <clears throat> me expressing to you some emotions I felt in a moment. That's not a story. There was too much of that in the first book that weren't actually short stories. They were just little vignettes of emotional moments that weren't actually telling a story. There wasn't a theme. There wasn't a, a, there was no story or plot or character development or anything that was really interesting to me. In this one, there are, of the three that I read, one was one by Amy Ratcliffe that I really liked. And it was about uh, a reporter, a propaganda reporter uh, at Echo Base on Hoth. And I really liked that because it was telling the story of the character, not just what was going on in their head, but what they were doing. And it had a theme to it. It had a point. And I liked it. And then there was another one that took place that wasn't covering events we saw in the movie, but that time period, just characters we know who were elsewhere. And that one, I liked a little bit less, 
but it still told the story. And there was, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit more character development than plot necessarily, both of which can be elements of story. And I like that. And then another one was about a perspective from a main character that was directly relevant to what we saw in the movies. And it gave additional meaning to an otherwise almost throwaway scene in the movie, other than just something to move the plot forward. And it had meaning to what we've seen over and over again in Empire Strikes Back. So to me so far, I haven't read much of it. There are a lot of stories in this book. But each Mm. of these hit in different ways the things that I felt were missing in so many of the stories from the first one. Okay. And fair enough. I mean, yeah, Yeah, that's fair. And I'm so glad re- people like the. I don't want to be dissing the first one. I'm glad people liked it just because I didn't. I want you guys to enjoy it. Okay. I mean, let, let's keep it positive. Like the first one, we wouldn't have gotten the second one. So right, right, and and that's yeah, great. There we go. There yeah. we go. And, so, and again, there the re- were some really killer stories in the first one. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons why we bring this up, um, little self-serving reasons, I suppose, um, we have an interview scheduled with some of the authors. Um, Tim, why don't you? Uh, why don't you let us know what we can expect from the uh, bonus episode that we're going to get? Are we allowed to ho- say who they are yet? Uh, we, we can. Okay. We can. I don't see any reason necessarily why not. And if I know when they listen. That's true. That is true. And the book's been uh, released anyway, so. Yeah, the book's out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 the book is, is out. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we are going to be interviewing um, uh, Amy Ratcliffe, Mike Chen, and Jason Fry. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with Amy and Jason. I don't know that Mike has written anything for Star Wars before. Um, But his story in this is really, really very unique. And the end of it has a pretty nice dovetail into um, a a rather a a brief but but pivotal scene in the movie. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So definitely his story. Yeah. It's it's really good. So. It was good uh, for, for folks listening to this, you know, definitely read those uh, stories or listen to those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of hard copy books, but I learned from the uh, first uh, certain point of view book, which I did get in hard copy. But then I also got an audio book. It, it's fantastic. An audio book. It's mm-hmm. really, yeah. really very good. Uh, and we so have Amy's- a cast, a large cast of people. In the audio yeah. book now. So to be fair, I guess we need to, to say this, too. We did get um, promotional digital copies to uh, prepare for the interview. I'm yeah. still going to buy the audio. Well, buy through Audible, but I'm still going to get the audio book. And that's probably how I will listen to the rest of the books, because the narration is so good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I have the audio book and I'm, I'm going yeah, through it so now. I, and they're okay. fantastic. Uh, I will pick up the hard copy book at some point too, because it's, it's a great piece to bring to conventions and in different comic cons and get all the authors to sign it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, I'm still working my way through the first one, getting people to sign that, but you know, it is fantastic. But the fact that we're all acquiring, like we all got a promo copy of it and yet we're still going to go and acquire additional copies of it out of our own accord. Yeah. Yeah, That says something. So I, I think this is a, a strong recommendation from the three of us. And I'm yeah. a little bitter because, you know, I keep missing the Vanessa Marshall interviews. I, I missed the interview for the type beam that I wanted to be on. I'm several for the type beam, but the one that like I have to interview this guy 
couldn't make it. Um, I, I'm not, I'm missing this. I, I was on board for what was going to have been the interview for this and it got rescheduled and I'm missing this one. The, the next time. But so no, first wait, of all, wait. next time we talked to Vanessa, like period, you guys are fired if I'm not part of the call. <laughs> and then additionally, like the next substantial interview we get, I've got dibs. Just saying. But wait, you just got to do an interview. No, I didn't. What a great segue to our next story. I got to do a, I got to participate in a press conference. Well, much like when you go to a convention and you, you sit at a panel at a convention and they take questions from the audience and 800 people line up and they take like the first six questions. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean those those hundreds of people didn't interview. But you were there. I was. Are we talking I, about that next? I mean, I guess we can. It, it is next. Yeah, right. Well, no, we have the feedback that. Oh, we do. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was like the big, the next big talking point. But let's let's do this anyway, because it's it's kind of promotional and ties in and stuff. So you guys probably know on the 17th, which is just in a couple of days, the Lego holiday special is being released. And this is another thing we got a promotional screener for. And uh, we did they did a press conference with Anthony Daniels last week and I got to attend. And uh, it was. um it was it was pretty interesting. It lasted, I think it was maybe about an hour. I don't know. I'd have have to double check. And of course, Anthony Daniels, uh, the actor who plays C-3PO in all of the films and also does the voice in, in various different productions. He, um, he had a limited role in the holiday special, but uh, he participated in the press conference. And they asked him a lot of questions um, like, what was your experience like in, in the first holiday special? And he was talking about. As most of us would expect, he thought it was going to be something different going into it than what it actually was. And he said, and there we are at the end and we're thinking, oh, this is life day. This is a celebration of it's like the Christmas analogy for the Wookiee planet and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and we're all standing there in like dark black robes and Carrie Fisher singing this slow song. And it was like a funeral. And I'm like, what did I get myself into? Somebody asked him, you know, what, what can you say that was positive about your experience in the first holiday special? I got paid. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, <laughs> was, he was blunt about it. That was good. I mean, you got to give it to Anthony Daniels for that. At least he calls it like he sees it. And he did have a lot of positive things to say about a lot of different things. Um, he, the one thing that I took away that was interesting, that was almost newsworthy. Was. Um, Somebody asked him if we, if we can expect to see more of C-3PO in the days to come, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he made a point to specify, um, yeah, I think we could. I mean, not in any like um, uh, theatrical releases, but like, I, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that there'll be more of 3PO coming. So what that told me is he at least hasn't been contacted about anything for theatrical releases. We don't know how far along any of the production or planning mm-hmm. is for those anyway, so it may indicate something and it may not. At the very least, it means that they are not far enough along in any theatrical release that would involve him to have contacted him already. Right. So, but the special itself, um, I, I did get the, the screener for it. And I can say that it is very good. I would say it's one of the better Lego productions. And I think that's saying a lot because the Lego productions have been pretty good. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. They're all non-canon. So they're all silly, goofy, lighthearted stuff. And it tackles some, some kind of darker things in a really, really lighthearted way. 
And it kind of harkens back to what we had introduced in Rebels with the uh, the void um, doing the kind of pseudo yeah. time travel thing. Mm-hmm. And so we get to hit a lot of different pieces of the Star Wars saga. And I won't get into specifics. I won't give any spoilers beyond just that. And you see that in the trailer anyway. Um, it was good, though. And I, I think the themes of it were interesting, too. So there are a lot of funny moments or a lot of interesting moments. But then if you zoom out a little bit and look at the overall theme and the point of the special, which I think was maybe 45 minutes or so, it was good. Uh, good. I, I was. OK. It was better than I expected it to be. I was impressed. It exceeded my expectations without a doubt. So Good. Nice. So let's get back to this yeah, feedback. Something to look forward to. Yeah, that, yeah. Sorry, that comes that? out in, in two days, right? In two on days. The on the 17th, and that'll be on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Very good. Yep. So, um, Eric, you mentioned some feedback we have from a listener who's setting us straight on Boba Fett. Setting you guys straight. I think I was just misinterpreted. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, then why don't you bring us through this and tell us how we were wrong? Oh, really? Okay. Because cause I, I don't. Wow. All right. Well, this is from Willie. He said, I think you guys are missing the sail barge on Boba Fett. Ha ha. Well that, done. That was good. Well done, Willie. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Like right. That alone. Good job, man. <laughs> I can't believe no one is interested in a Boba Fett miniseries or movie. Allow me to present my case. The bulk of the story should take place between Rebels and Empire. We saw a young Boba Fett in Rebels and the older uber bounty hunter in the empire and there's obviously a lot we don't know placing the series in the same timeline as the mandalorian would be a mistake this is one of the biggest problems that the sequel trilogy suffered from too close to the original trilogy they should have said it hundreds of years after jedi but that's a topic for another day how did boba get his mandalorian armor that's an episode or two right there he obviously didn't get his dad's armor but that could be a great start to a story um, there are touches of this in the Clone Wars, but not a full explanation. There's also much made that Boba is not a Mandalorian. Maybe he tried to be, but was rejected. How did he get to be such a badass? We've had three John Wick movies that are all essentially the same, him kicking ass, and we eat it up. There's got to be a good story arc in there somewhere. We've had no story that focused on the villain. I think he means in Star Wars in general. Uh, Here's a chance to make him a nuanced character, not just an enigmatic one. He's obviously got a tragic upbringing. Explore the underworld. We've had glimpses into the underworld of Star Wars, but that's it. The now canceled 1313 project was supposed to show us that. Here's a great chance to tell us more about the huts and the crime syndicates. Obviously, there's the question of escaping the Sarlacc. If Mandalorian doesn't address this, then that's where we start. All the episodes could be flashbacks as Boba is either in the Sarlacc or escaping it. Make Slave One a character, like the Millennium Falcon is in Star Wars and the Razorcrest is to a lesser extent in The Mandalorian. I think you can see that there's a ton of material that you could explore here. It's stunning to me. Stunning, Lou. It's stunning stunning to me that you guys seem more excited about the Cassian Andor series than Boba Fett. I mean, the idea of a Star Wars spy series is intriguing, but honestly, the only thing there that really interests me is seeing K2SO Alan Tudyk again. I suppose in true outrage, in in true outrage culture fashion, I should question your fanhood. So pretend that I did that somewhere in (laughs) here. Wow. Wow. So pretend that I did that somewhere in here. Willie. 
<laughs> Willie, first of all, thank you very much for writing us. And it was your point was well thought out. Uh, and well presented. And, 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 and well presented. Yeah, there's there's, yeah. there's some, some good comedy in there, which we obviously appreciate. And it was also well organized. And you, you brought up some really good points. Um, that said, I, I think I still stand on my original thoughts on this. I, I think especially even compared to a Cassian Andor series, that is something that is in uh, basically a different sandbox than a Boba Fett movie. I mean, most of uh, the, the, the Boba Fett movie or series would be, you know, taking place on Tatooine, which I always appreciate going back to Tatooine. I know Eric differs in that. <laughs> but a Cassian Andor series is more likely not saying that the Boba Fett one wouldn't take us other places, but the Cassian Andor series is more likely to take us different places, give us um, a completely different plot line, things that we don't know about that we're not familiar with. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if we're comparing the two, I'm definitely much more in, in, in favor of that one. Again, I still like Boba Fett, but I'm kind of I'm, I'm past it. I'm past it. I have some very specific comments, but Lou, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Um, and, you know, I'm in the same boat with Tim, I think, actually. I mean, I, I think that Willie's argument was actually very well laid out and very well thought out. And while I don't disagree with the fact that these are all cool things I'd like to know, I, I, I just I my problem with it is more of that we we've had this character in the, you know, fandom for so long now. And it's like now it's like I don't really care about all the backstory. Because it, it it he's had a place in my head and in my storyline forever, and yeah, but we've seen inside your head, Lou. And <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> but you think the Sawlock bit's you know, bad. Try escaping this thing. Oh boy! Yeah. But, you know, going along with that is kind of like letting us know how the magic act was done. I mean, I, I don't need to know this stuff. Part of his mystery is the mystery, right? I mean, we we've you know he's this character that had very few words and yet everybody's like, Oh, fat, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean that I don't, I don't want to know anymore. Okay. So. It's not going to make us all look bad. So go ahead. Eric. No, I'm going to keep this objective and, and fair and try, you know, to, to remove okay. any personal emotion out of it and, and just keep it like fact based. And okay. You guys are both wrong, which is crap. We know you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried. So I'm, I'm kind of in between the two, the, the Cassian Andor thing. And, and Spencer in the chat room says, you know, I've got to agree with about the Cassian Andor series. Still surprised that's happening. I, I think that the Cassian Andor series has merit if it's not about Cassian Andor, if it's about the formation of the rebellion and kind of what the rebellion had to do to get itself positioned to be able to actually do something. So I think both the spy sort of aspect of it, but then also just the, the, re, the uprising, the, the forming the rebellion. And, and, you know, we, we've talked before when we've discussed books about how some of those novels about that have been really interesting. Um, and, and how we kind of wanted to see certain aspects of that. We got to see that in rebels. And that was always one of the things that people uh, said that was positive about rebels um, and there were many positive things about Rebels, but the fact that we got to see the formation of the Rebellion. And I think that if the Cassian Andor series takes that approach, it's going to be wonderful. If it's about Cassian Andor, I don't freaking care. 
all due respect to Diego Luna, to everybody involved in Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. And it's not that I would mind seeing more of Cassidy and Andor, and I love Alan Tudyk. I mean, oh my gosh, huge fan. Um, I, I just, I don't know that that's what we need to see when there are so many other stories that we still have active questions about that still have gone unanswered. So for the Boba Fett series, if it's about the backstory of Boba Fett, like Lou said, and, and like Tim alluded to, I don't care. I, I don't, I think we're going to see how we, he got out of the Sarlacc pit in the Mandalorian. And I don't need a longer explanation of that in his own series. And I don't need, we got some of his childhood in the clone wars and I don't need to see more of that. But what we didn't get to see is him actually being a bounty hunter. We didn't get to see him going out on adventures and on hunts and taking on missions and, and all of this stuff that, we assume makes him really cool. Why can't we get that? Like we got some of it in the comic books. We got some of it in the legends novels and we liked it. Some of Mm -hmm. us did. So why can't we get a series that covers that? If it's covering that, I'm good with the series. And I've always been interested in having Boba Fett content. I think a mini series is probably better than an ongoing series. Uh, But I think if they're covering that, it's great. If they're going to explore the backstory of the character, then I'm, I'm just not all that interested, I guess. And also, Willie, uh, you can pretend that I expressed righteous indignation at your pretending <laughs> um, to question my fanhood. <laughs> I guess that's fair, right? Sure. <laughs> So anyway, that, that's my thought. But again, I, okay. I, I mean, we love getting feedback from, from people like oh, that definitely. because it's yep. that that's exactly what we like talking about here anyway is, you know, uh, do we want this? Do we not want this? Why this was presented really well? Right. And we don't hesitate to cover feedback that disagrees with us, obviously. In fact, <clears throat> we have a tendency to probably pull that out more often than mm-hmm. All of the fan worship and, stuff and, oh, you guys are so wonderful. I mean, my gosh, my bedroom's wallpapered with that already. I don't need more of that. <laughs> the, those are all me writing in. Um, yeah. And it's it, the but, same you know, little paragraph. It, I just made 300 yeah, copies cut, of it. And we don't paste, get that much paste. praise, but. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, the one thing about this, I mean, despite Eric's comments about us being wrong, um, I, I think that, you know, there is no right or wrong to all this kind of stuff, right? So there's 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 what I want, there's what Eric wants, there's what Tim wants, there's what Willie wants. And we're all entitled to that, right? And, and at sure. some point you you accept other people's thoughts on things and you know we, we move move ahead. So if we're getting some of the stories we want, I, I think it's a plus all around. Totally. And it's okay for you guys to be wrong. <laughs> you keep saying it's, that. We still love you. So let's uh, lighting round through the rest of this news that we have here. Um, there's been confirmation of release date for the next Thrawn book. Tim. Woo-hoo. I already have it pre-ordered. <laughs> do you? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Very good. The moment I Very got good. that notice, I pre-ordered it. So we've got a Kindle edition for $14.99. There's a hardcover edition for $28.99 um, Audio being released version. on May 4th. Why does that date sound familiar? I don't know. I May fourth, fourth, fourth of May. May. Anyways, um, uh, Quattro de Mayo. It's a big uh, <laughs> Latin American. Go, yeah. yeah. Oh boy. It's the day before Cinco de Mayo. Is right. So this uh, is on Amazon. It's, it's, 
book two of, probably it's book two of two was this not a trilogy was this one of those things where amazon only has two books so that they're linking it and when the third book comes out it'll be three of three or was it always just a duology i thought it was supposed to be a trilogy i I thought so too and it could just be that this is amazon's coding of it because it has two pages for this series and so it's counting it you know one of two and two of two and then when there's a third one it'll be one of three two of three and three of three maybe it's just an amazon thing yeah because because actually in the yeah i think they're saying book two of two because they only have two books right now so yeah it's a stupid amazon thing yeah okay i just wanted to make sure Um, but but even in the description it says uh that this is the second book in the throne ascendancy trilogy Okay. So yeah, the chat room is yeah, confirming a, the same thing. So okay. yeah, it's it's okay. a dumb Amazon thing. Just wanted to make sure. It's I'm going to be ordering it on Audible. We're not that we're not distributed by Amazon because they would cancel us for me saying that. <laughs> That's true. Actually, according to the terms of service. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you wondering why our shows aren't on Audible. Yeah. Though we support uh, Audible, I'm getting mine on Audible because. My bud, Mark Thompson's doing the narration on it. And so I'm picking it up. That, yep. That's my um, weapon of choice right there is uh, Mark Thompson reading the books. So exactly. Uh, speaking of books, we have more, more book news. So the first of the High Republic books coming out is going to be uh, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. And they've been releasing chapters, I think, one a day on StarWars.com. Right? That many. Wow. I think the first eight chapters I heard it was going to be, and I think they're doing oh. one a day or one every couple of days. I need to catch up. Um, yeah, I think they just released the second chapter. Where is the link here? Hmm. Uh, ShareStarWars.com. Please share chapter two of the novel. Um, novel's hitting the shelves on January 5th, 2021. If they just keep uh, going, we won't have to buy the novel. We can just go to StarWars.com. It's only the first eight chapters I heard, so no. You can get the first eight chapters and be done with it then if you think that's good enough for the story. Hopefully it's better than that. Hopefully <laughs> I get to chapter eight and I'm like, where's the freaking book? Exactly. So yeah. if you go to StarWars.com, you can see how to get those um, chapters. And it's available for pre-order on Amazon as well, I think. Maybe more than likely, yes. yes. Uh, new Hasbro Brett... Bre- I was a Breck. Easy Black for you to say. Coming out in June. I know, exactly. Um, these were up for pre-order on uh, Hasbro Pulse, which are sold out already. <laughs> of course. And uh, let's see here. Of course, we got something else coming up. This whole sold out as soon as it's announced thing. Yeah, I don't understand it, especially if they're coming out in June. I know. They, they should simply gauge their demand and they should up production to meet the pre-orders. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, that that's part of what a pre-order is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you get should the be. orders in early so you can produce stuff to meet your demands. And when I order stuff for my work, when we order a season ahead, and they say, what are you going to order for this? And I want these, these, and these. And they go back to the, the manufacturer with all the orders from all the dealers and say, we want we 10,000. as many of these. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. Um. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they've done that. But, I'm a little um, bit bitter about the celebration store in that regard, too, though. We'll, we'll come back to that. But yeah, this, mm-hmm. this pre-order situation, like, oh, hey, there's a cool thing you're just telling me about and I can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Then don't exactly. tell me. I, I was happier when I didn't think I was missing out on something. Yep. Um, in this release, though, we're going to get a size Ventress 
and we're going to get uh, two of the Bad Batch. We're going to get Hunter and Crosshairs. Mm. Okay. I was really excited to see Asajj. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers, and I was bummed mm-hmm. that I didn't get to this before it was sold out. I'm yeah, pretty I should, I selective say, about the I shouldn't say we're going to get them get. because we're not going to get them. Yeah, but right, gonna, right. Some people are going to get them. Out. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's I've never been an Asajj fan, but Hunter and Crosshairs, as much as I, I didn't care for those episodes that much, I think they make for cool characters. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Cool figures. I like those. Definitely. Um, let's see a new, a uh, new Lego set. We have a Naval MB frigate available. Yeah. This, um, this is the small one. So don't get really yeah. excited. It's not like a full size, uh, Lego build. It's a really small one, like not even a hundred pieces. I don't think is it so. sold out. I don't think it's sold out now. Uh, let's see. I the fact that we is... have to think about it that hard though. Just saying. Uh, I yeah, mean, so... it's, a, it's a nice little build. that looks nice, but. I mean, I would want something more to scale with the rest of the of the ships. Yeah, I still want so, the yeah, Razor 459 Crest. pieces, but yeah. Yeah, that's not huge. No, no. I've got to get the Razor Crest before it goes up to like $800 on eBay. <laughs> exactly, before it's hard Holding to find. for a collector's edition, but I don't know. Well, I mean, get it while you can because the ship is looking pretty tattered, so maybe they're going to replace it with a <laughs> So help me if they do. <laughs> no, I, don't I think will they start a change.org petition whole... faster than Tim can blink. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think you have anything to worry about because they have that whole HasLab thing going on where people are, you know, pre-buying. See, they're doing it, they're doing it right with the HasLab thing. Yeah. You, you pre-order that for 350 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no problem. You know, they're going to make those for you and you keep adding on stretch goals. So, yeah, whatever. Um Next up, we have a story that's near and dear to Eric's heart because he really wants to get on a soapbox about the uh, Celebration Store. All I want to say. No, no. For, first off, though, I mean, it's the Celebration Store. So right away, you know, there's going to be issues. Yeah. 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 First issue is <laughs> I get the email. Person or online. Right after I get the email that has the, the pins, the, the Mandalorian, um, the, the skull and then the Mudhorn. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I'm not going to drop $800,000 on all these other pins they have, but I want those, too. Clicked on it. It's not in the store anywhere. I don't even know how much they cost. Because I couldn't find the listing in the store. No, they're still in the store. Are they? The, so how much are they? And and send me a freaking link because the link that was in the email didn't take it to me. Or there was a problem with well, the store and it wasn't listed. And then maybe they fixed so, it. So th- there's a big thing here. The email that you got, the store right now is open for the first week for ticket holders only. Okay. And back, uh, I don't know what, two months ago or something, um, ticket holders got an email where they could create a, a password in the system and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that gives you access into that stuff. Now, if you weren't a ticket holder, then once that week is done, then you have full access to it. So I think that's why you weren't able to see this. Then stuff shouldn't there. they not email me the email until... Presumably, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure why it went out. You would think because yeah. because then people are going to have exactly that issue. So yeah, because when I when I go into the link, it tells me I got to log in, which I can. I can see pricing mm-hmm. and so forth. So how much are they? Uh, uh, Forty bucks. Okay, I would do that for the yeah, Mizzor and the Mudhorn. Yeah. They'll be sold yeah. out by the time I can log in. Well, no, there, there's a, I, I can order up to three, so I can get you one. Oh, okay. 
I'll, I'll PayPal you the money. There, there's some really cool stuff in here. There's like mm-hmm. a, there's a bounty hunter coin set. Obviously there's a ton of pins, t-shirts, all that. Um, there Can I get is a holographic a, bounty hunter puck. Bounty puck uh, with that, a little. I don't think so. That, I, I, I haven't seen that on there, but there's no. like pages mm-hmm. and pages of stuff in here. It's yep. way better than the release that they did uh, of, of like a month and a half ago. Yeah, Tim and I were talking about this before we started recording. That first release they had, we said, "Oh, now the store's open." Yeah, and it was like twelve things, and most of them were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And the only thing I really wanted was like it was the pins, and the you pins. had to buy a shirt to get the pins, and right. like fifty bucks. No, I don't think so. Yeah, um, they, Spencer uh, said he had some problems with it too, and he contacted the um, support, and uh, yep. they were able to help him through it, and and he picked up a bunch of pins. So. Mm-hmm. They, they did a cool thing, uh, uh, Bespin Mining Company. Yeah. They kind of created a, lo- a logo for it, and there's a whole bunch of different merchandise associated with that, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, there's some IG-11 stuff, which I think is fantastic. Um, there's a, a, it's a, a patch for again, IG-11 daycare. Yes, yeah, they have a patch <laughs> nice. and T-shirts. Uh, there's also an IG-11 uh, stainless steel water bottle. So it's oh. just the head of IG-11. It's yeah, fantastic. I saw that. Oh, that looks good. Yep. Yeah. Probably my and, favorite thing out of it is uh, it's the Hoth Invaders uh, hockey mm-hmm. jersey. The Hoth Invaders is the name of the team. Yeah. And so, you know, they have their logo and you got the shoulder patches and all that. It's, it's pretty cool. That's that's my favorite that's cool. thing out of it. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty cool. We need and, more and, Hoth merchandise. We really do. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the pins, uh, Tim and I were talking before we started recording to the pins. They have a good selection of pins, a lot of pins out there. Um, they don't do it for me this year. The pins aren't as, I guess it's the style of the pins. Every year they do a different. I like the variation of the pin style. They're unique. They're all cool that way, but, um, these don't really float my boat, I guess, but, Mm. um, I'd only want the Mandalorian ones If you, if you, if you're into collecting pins, I do have one of the, uh, cause I got an email the other day saying that my, my pre-orders for celebration merchandise are being shipped. The ones I pre-ordered with my, badges so like i'm getting a lanyard forever ago <laughs> and some other stuff I'm like oh okay i don't really well that's good the lanyard now. make sure you don't lose your badges you're walking around the house exactly with it. yeah <laughs> walking around the house yeah. and going from the bathroom to the kitchen yeah go walk <laughs> into the bedroom badge. and your wife's like oh, oh, oh let me see your badge first i don't i don't <laughs> have it it must have fallen off well you should have used your lanyard yeah I, mean, I do like Tim does and just put it in my jacket and walk over three days for anybody. Right? <laughs> for those of you who missed that story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, wow. so I mean, there is some cool stuff out there. If you've had um, registered before, um, jump in there and get stuff this week before. I think Friday opens up to the rest of the world. So, mm. okay. Cool stuff. And lastly, Deluxe Edition solo soundtrack. Yes. Cool. I so, think that I mean, soundtrack was very underrated. I don't think I've actually listened to that soundtrack very much at all. It's, uh, I mean, uh, it's obviously not like John Williams. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, John Powell. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of John Williams themes in it. And I, I think people are too quick to dismiss anything Star Wars related that's not John Williams. And now they're learning through the Mandalorian that maybe they shouldn't just do that. Um, you know, this soundtrack doesn't maybe stand out as much as something like Empire Strikes Back or Phantom Menace, but like, it's a good soundtrack and this is going to be a uh, digital download only. 
and it's got like 15 additional tracks. So it's like a double length album. Mm, cool. Um, I mean, it's probably just about the length of the movie. I would guess. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have 30, to 30, 35 tracks on this. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's a substantial soundtrack. So, yeah. Mm hmm. You know, and especially if you can get it through a service you already subscribe to, like Apple Music or YouTube Music or Amazon Music Unlimited or, you know, whatever is Spotify, Pandora. If you've got a service that has access to it, like it doesn't even cost you anything then because you're already paying for the subscription. Check it out. Yeah. Let us definitely. know what you think. Yeah. OK, well, guys, that brings to the end of the episode. We're right about an hour. So we are uh, pretty much right on time. That's, that's well, pretty awesome. Except the whole doing shorter episodes thing, where <laughs> That's we're true. no That's more true. not on time than we usually are. Well, no, usually we're over. Yeah, by we're a usually lot. over. Now we're kind of right on time, so we're still a little bit over for our shorter shows. But yeah, but so guys, thanks for being here. here we did after a couple weeks of having nothing. Yeah. this was a good episode to have. Yeah. So chat room, thanks for being here with us. It's always good to have a live chat room with us. Keep us on a straight and narrow. The dead ones are just boring and they, they tend to smell after a while they smell like tauntauns they, they, they do yeah no 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 let's not go there um there was a story in um Empire Strikes Back part of your book about tauntaun oh really I'm um, gonna go read that tauntaun right. musk yeah nice <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh yeah that's funny that is funny oh that was okay I know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're going to close the blast doors. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, watching us on YouTube. If you've seen this after the fact, uh, please uh, click below and like and subscribe to us and uh, check out our other shows as well so uh, you, you can hear more of our thoughtful banter. That was good. They might even believe that. That's good. <laughs> they might. Well, if they heard this, they won't believe that, but maybe. So, I think guys, Billy gave to- us the most thoughtful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He did. <laughs> he did. Well, guys, thanks for listening again, and we'll come back at you guys in about a week.